This is Dune Talk, a DuneNewsNet.com production. Join us now for the latest Dune news, reactions, and lively discussions. Hey everyone, welcome back to Dune Talk, the show where we talk everything Dune, books, movies, comics, games, and more. It's a great time for Dune fans. We're enjoying all the recognition that the movie is getting. It's really a huge list of uh, nominations uh, from all the critics associations, guilds, and already quite a considerable amount of, um, of wins to date across the full range of categories. This is Marcus, and today I'm here with the full crew, and we're gonna be talking about film awards. Hey guys, it's Garen, at Dune Companion. Happy to be back, excited to talk about uh, the latest with, with these guys, so let's get into it. Hello everyone, Johnny Sobchak here. Uh, it's gonna be an interesting little talk. <laughs> There's one piece of news in particular we'll get into, but it's mostly good stuff, so that's, that's the bright spot. Um, it's strange because it feels like you know, the movie didn't come out that long ago. And I remember looking at IMDb before the awards started coming out. Of course, there's no awards at that point. And now it's up to, on IMDb, 91 wins and 200, 279 nominations. So um, that's kind of where we're at. And that's that's where it'll remain until those wins start to pile up. So pretty exciting stuff. And a, definitely one of my favorite times of the year as like a movie fan. Yeah, awards are a special place in my heart. Simon here, um, I remember watching the Oscars since I was a little kid and I've grown to love them and hate them and inside politics and Hollywood, I've learned that, but it should be a fun show. So uh, as mentioned, like we're gonna get into the film awards and this past week we've had some major uh, announcements. So of course, uh, last week uh, we had the, the BAFTAs, the British Academy Film Awards and uh, Dune was the number one most uh, nominated movie uh, for that. So that's uh, impressive uh, in itself. Uh, so we'll probably get into that uh, for, for some time. And then uh, this week, uh, Dune earned uh, 10 Oscar nominations, including Best Picture. So it had already been shortlisted in four categories um, late last year, and now it's uh, added an additional uh, six. And it's the second most nominated uh, movie for the Oscars uh, after The Power of the Dog, which we've mentioned in the show is, has been a favorite overall for, for a lot of these, uh, these award seasons. Uh, so I want to hear from you, Johnny. What are your overall thoughts on the Dune's performance so far this award season? Yeah, uh, well, it's everything I thought it would be uh, so far and more, I would say. I, I was, I quote tweeted this tweet yesterday after the Oscars came out and it was from, it was like January 11th or something, 2020. <laughs> so over two years ago. And, I, and it was me saying, uh, I said, I'd be very surprised if Dune didn't get at least 10 Oscar nominations. <laughs> Um, and sure, sure enough, yesterday morning, it got 10 Oscar nominations on the dot. Would have liked to have been wrong. Would have liked to have seen it get 11. But um, it was, it's been very impressive. I am so happy that this movie is getting the recognition that I think it deserves. You know, with awards, as, as Simon rightfully said, it is a kind of a love-hate situation. Um, I definitely grew up, you know, similarly. I think a lot of people did just the Oscars might come on the TV every year. Um, especially if you're a movie fan, it's almost like your own little Super Bowl where you're just seeing who's going to win and what they're going to go with. Um, and it's a cool way of like discovering films, seeing films get recognition that maybe you wouldn't usually hear about. Of course, Dune is the one like key film this year that was a big box office hit. A lot of people have seen it. A lot of people know about it. And that's kind of like the populist choice this year, which is really cool. And we've seen that happen with a lot of other high profile, very acclaimed blockbusters before, whether it was Lord of the Rings, um, Mad Max Fury Road, among others. So 
it's it's pretty cool and it's a nice like kind of way to boost up the film and i think even just get more people engaged and excited going into you know part two which production starts this summer so it's been picking up all the nominations really that it it should and i think it deserves and that's not just the oscars but baftas as you mentioned critics choice awards and all the different guilds throughout the industry that includes hair and makeup costume production design art direction all that stuff um so uh no well, until yesterday, there was no real big snubs. Let's just say that. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, as I was kind of alluding to at the start, awards are really not the end all be all. You don't you know, necessarily need to take them that seriously. They're only as seriously as you take them. And at the end of the day, um, the movie still is the movie and you can still enjoy it. And that's what really matters. And what and what matters is getting part two. And that's what we got. So um that's that's the main thing to tell you but it's very fun and enjoyable and i'm excited to see in the next few weeks as it starts to actually get those big wins as you mentioned i don't want to compare uh david lynch's 84 film to to denise because it's a completely different experience but i think when this project was first announced and i knew denise was going to do this film and i was going to see one of my you know my all-time favorite science fiction novels go to the big screen for me to have somehow had a crystal ball and seen that this film would get nominated for 10 nominations for, for the Oscar awards, I think I would have just been absolutely over the moon. Because back then I, I wondered, is, is, is he gonna handle this ride? Is he gonna do this? We've talked about this before. So for me, the fact that it, it includes Best Picture, it includes all the parts of the creative process that really mean a lot to me and really show an incredibly high level of creativity and quality and attention to detail. And so I, I think for me, uh, these Oscar awards are more of a confirmation of something that I had hoped for so much. And now I can, I can point to something that indicates that not just I thought this was an incredible film, but a lot of people in the industry who actually are very skilled and knowledgeable thought this was an incredible film too. So, you know, we'll get into some of the nuances of, of these nominations like Johnny was alluding to, but, but for me, I am just over the moon. I think it's great. I think all the categories are, are right on with, I, with what I would have wanted to see get recognition. So, so you guys, I'm really pleased with where it's at. I agree with Garen and Johnny also. I mean, the Oscars are the Oscars. You know, it is the Super Bowl for movie fans, but I also think the important thing is if you love the movie, you know, some of my favorite movies of all time, like Back to the Future has never won any awards and that still holds up. I don't even know what won in 85. Was it <laughs> out of Africa? <laughs> Probably. Probably, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I was gonna be like, Johnny would know, Johnny would know. <laughs> but um, it is nice to see that the people in the industry mostly respect everything that went in this movie from costume design to editing, to makeup, to sound. It's great to know that it's not just us four and you guys watching and listening out there appreciating this movie. And I can tell you in the past couple weeks since it's hit home release, we've been selling out of them nonstop at work. And a lot of people are like, I've heard that it's really good. Someone told me, so word of mouth is there. And that's great because when two hits, it's only going to become bigger, you know? So hopefully it does well at the Oscars and brings more buzz, but yeah. And also it's back in IMAX right now as we're speaking. Yeah, and, and touching on like the, the overall uh, recognition and uh, you mentioned that as, as well, Johnny. I, I mean, 
of course, there has to be a certain level of quality for, for films to appear in these, these nominations. So it's not just like completely random, uh, but you know, there is often the, the sense of, you know, th this film was, was nominated and is appearing on all these awards. But like, when you talk to people like, oh, did you actually watch it? Like, you know, when it was in cinemas and you know, there, there, there isn't that connection. But like with, with Dune, you have that, this was like a major success uh, globally. I mean, despite the pandemic, um, you know, Dune ended its theatrical run just under 400 million. I think the total now is like around 399 million uh, worldwide, which is really impressive considering like everything that uh, that went on last week. So not just pandemic, but you know, streaming availability and and all of that. So it's 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 a movie that that was really successful. And now, in addition to that, to get all this critical recognition, I think that really says a lot. You know, I was, I was talking about this on the coverage on the. On the website as well so it's, it's good to see i guess uh, like a movie that was has this level of popularity um but at the same time it it reached that level of, uh, of critical uh, reception like that people are recognizing quality that went into every single aspect or most aspects of, of the movie you know marcus i think something that's really impressive too because uh writing uh the category of, of writing it was nominated for uh, for an oscar and to be able to take a book of this complexity and make it uh, uh, adaptable for the masses, which they did an excellent job of doing, you know, they, they didn't overwhelm the audience with all the names that we know and love because we're, we're fans of the book, right? But I think it's those, those very careful choices in how the screenplay was written uh, that made it a huge success. So. So I, I just think it's hats off, and these these nominations are, are indicating this that something that could have been quite disastrous, and again, uh, you know, uh, Lynch's film was not received well. I, I lived through this, right? <laughs> but this film was received extremely well, and people that didn't necessarily love complex sci-fi, you know, um, my wife is not a sci-fi fan at all, and she really enjoyed the film. She really got a lot out of it. And, and so I, I just, I love that we have some of these nominations that point to, this is an incredible uh, creative team that did this. Yeah, kudos on the screenwriting because for the longest time, you know, we always heard, even after the David Lynch movie, Dune's the movie that can never be adapted because it's too hard, it's too complicated. People are not gonna understand the world. I mean, I've talked to people that don't know anything about Dune and they were like, I really enjoyed it. I was like, did you feel like it was confusing or anything? They're like, no, I had a couple of questions, but overall I understood the key points of everything. And that's something that's really hard because when Herbert wrote this, it is really dense. I mean, how many people do we know that we've talked to or just heard like, hey, I read a hundred pages and then I was done. And that could have been the problem with the movie. Like, hey, I got the first 10 minutes and then very much like the Lynch movie, it gets really confusing. So kudos like on the adapted screenplay award. Yeah, I think that those are great points, guys, because that was actually something I was really curious about or even maybe almost pessimistic about earlier on in the season was, I was like, this thing's gonna get like 10 Oscar nominations. Like I have no real doubts about that. I think it's gonna get nominated everywhere. But I'm wondering for screenplay, like I hope they give it a chance in that category. I hope that they... I think if it, if it hits well and is done really well and is a, like an impressive adaptation, I hope that that's a place where they recognize it because I think that brain trust of Eric Roth and Denis Villeneuve and John Spates was such an interesting and 
workable uh, collaboration that turned out, um, you know, even better than I could have hoped for, where it starts out with Eric Roth, who is known for adapting, you know, big books, complicated stories. He, he takes this big mammoth adaptation of it, and then Villeneuve gets his hands on it and kind of whittles it down. He's the filmmaker. He's the one at the helm. He knows what he wants to keep, what he wants to think, you know, things that he should get rid of and doesn't want to adapt necessarily. And then lastly, you have John Spates when it's still pretty, pretty big. It's still maybe a little too complex or maybe a little bit too, um, you know, abrasive for, for more wider audiences. Then you have John Spates who he's done blockbusters before he does. He's done work with mass appeal. He's worked on, you know, writing Dr. Strange, for example. So you have that, that last bit of sensibility there that I think is like the, the cherry on top that really kind of brought it together. And for all three of those, those uh, creators to get their recognition, I thought has been really cool and um, very deserved, you know, and they've shown up basically everywhere. And that's where I felt very comfortable yesterday, especially leading up to nominations and doing my own predictions and talking to other people was, I think it's definitely getting into screenplay. I was like, I think there's no way it doesn't get in. Um, and it showed up at uh, the Critics' Choice Award, Best Adapted Screenplay, showed up at BAFTA, got the USC Scripter Award um, and the Writers Guild nomination. So it's, it's got all the nominations it needed to. And then, of course, it gets the Oscar. And that's another, you know, Villeneuve had only been nominated for an Oscar to his name, a nomination for Arrival, for directing Arrival previously. Even though that was nominated for Best Picture, he wasn't a producer on it and he didn't write the screenplay for that. So this was, that was Best Adapted Screenplay was his second nomination ever. And then of course um, he did actually produce Dune and had a big, you know, creative, more than anyone else, I would say the most creative control over it. So him getting that, that dual recognition, I thought was very, of course, deserving. And, and whether that was in the screenplay or as a producer, um, that's where I was very happy to see him get, of course, his due. Um, and ultimately, um, there are other categories we'll talk about, but uh, I think that as far as the crafts and stuff go, this is a movie that technically everyone knew was very impressive. Everyone knew it was going to get those uh, cinematography and, and the sound and the visual effects, but for them to go for adapted screenplay, for, for them to go for best picture, of course, gives you know an overall and more intricate, I think, recognition that it deserves. So um, yeah, I was very happy to see that as you guys pointed out. Yeah, and uh, so before we dive deeper into the into the Oscars. Uh, just looking at the, the overall nominations, maybe taking the specific example of, of the, the BAFTA, Johnny, what does it say to you that Dune was the most nominated movie for, for those those awards and not only BAFTA, but but many others? I mean, like how, how big of an ach achievement is this? Like uh, if you put it in perspective. Yes, I mean, it's a big deal. And, and you know, typically if you're in that top one or two um, you know, highest nominees and the most nominations, that means you're kind of like really top to bottom. You are getting a lot of support from the industry. You're getting a lot of support from the voting body. Um, and especially if you're usually in that situation, that means you're like, you're like a top two or maybe even three uh, contender for, you know, the, ma the major or best picture. Um, I would say right now, especially with the way you know, Belfast kind of didn't perform that well at the Oscars. It got snubbed in some major places. Um, Licorice Pizza kind of underperformed as well. West Side Story did like fine. I'd say Dune is definitely like a top two or three contender for best picture. Uh, at this stage, there's absolutely no chance that it would win. And there's really no chance that anything's going to win other than the power of the dog, which is like so beyond clearly the front runner. But 
it's still the support and the recognition. It shows a lot of people saw this movie. A lot of people really liked this movie. Um, and as you said, it was number 11 with those nominations uh, at BAFTA. It had the 11 total and was leading the way. And that includes a field where with best picture at the BAFTA, it isn't the 10 um, filled range. It is only five that they nominate um, for best film. So for it to get in alongside, you know, Belfast or The Power of the Dog, which were considered the top two up to this point, um, that's a big, a big deal. And then also another big award that it was up for at BAFTA as part of its nomination hall was uh, Best Casting, which I was very happy to see that it got. I mean, that's every single film that was released this year that is eligible for Best Casting. Um, and it, it was nominated alongside West Side Story and King Richard, some films that have gotten a ton of praise for their ensembles and have been nominated for their ensemble performance elsewhere. Um, so to see Dune get that kind of recognition and, and to highlight the cast in that way, I thought was, and the casting director, Francine Maisler, I thought was very nice to see and something where they, I, honestly, I could have expected them to get snubbed there, but um, for them to pull it out, I thought was very great. So super happy with that. Um, and then, yeah, at the Oscars, of course, 10 nominations, second only to The Power of the Dog, which got 12 but it's well ahead of the, the movies behind it, which got a seven nominations each. So um, yeah, it's, it's a big contender. And I imagine that's just kind of building the mystique and the aura around it um, as they're getting ready to do part two. You know, the more buzz that this film gets, um, people know part two is coming. People know part two is getting made. Of course, a lot of the people that are in part one are coming back to work on part two, whether that's the cast or the crew, but it, it's getting more attention. It's getting more people excited. People in the industry, they're like, I want to be on that movie. I want to work in that movie. I want to act in that movie. So the more attention it can get, the more uh, eyes it can get and ears it can get, the better. Um, nominations is a big part of that. Of course, wins is a whole nother discussion, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But um, get being, nom you know, a lot of the news articles or things I saw yesterday were, you know, Dune gets, you know, 10 nominations or has second most nominations. Powered Dog gets number one, has 12 nominations. Those are the top two. And those were kind of named together a lot. So because they were pretty well ahead of the rest of the pack. Um, and of course, another piece of news that is associated with the Oscar noms was a huge discussion point yesterday on social media um, and with people that pay attention to this stuff. So that was, again, just getting Dune in the conversation, getting Villeneuve, his name in the conversation. Uh, which is great and the more recognition the better because at the end of the day that's what it's about um maybe most people don't know paul lambert's name because he's just the visual effects supervisor but the more people see his name nominated see it in the headlines see it in the article that's great to see same with people like donald moat in makeup or um you know greg frazier in cinematography who's like becoming more and more popular i've just seen just in the last few months and of course he has batman coming up so that's what it's really all about and uh, with the number of nominations, this thing continues to pick up and continues to lead or be in that top two discussion, uh, the better. Garen, what was your overall feeling when you woke up on Tuesday morning and, you know, you saw that Dune had received 10 Oscars uh, nominations? Yeah, yeah. Like I said before, I, I, was, I was super excited and relieved again, just because I love this film so much. I wanted it to be recognized uh, for all this uh, creative excellence like Johnny was, was pointing to. Um, it also caused me to think about um, the fact that this really will raise the bar in terms of attention to this film as we go into the production season for part two. Because really, I'm, I'm wanting not just 
all the people around the globe who saw part one, but I also wanna capture those people who maybe haven't seen part one and they're gonna see and feel the buzz as we go into part two and, and some of the other properties that, that are gonna be around Dune, we hope. And, and so to get the nomination for me is just rocket fuel. I was thrilled uh, and, and then we'll talk about another part of that later. <laughs> Very much like everyone else, when I woke up Tuesday morning, my first reaction, I was like, oh, crap, what time is it? Were the Oscar nominations already listed? So, you know, I went online and looked. I was very excited and I double checked. I was like, okay, okay, well, that's missing. That's weird. Um, but I was like, all the bullet points were there. And I agree with Garen and everyone else. It is going to bring, Dune's going to become a household name by the time the Oscars are here. You know, people are going to know what it is. And I think there's a whole generation that's gonna know this Dune. And also the older generation is gonna be like, wait, if this is getting all the buzz, I kind of remember the 84 movie. I kind of liked that. It was a little bit weird, but what's so different about this? And maybe those, I hate saying boomers, but they're not <laughs> um, because I was part of that 84 generation, but really going back and being like, whoa, this is different. This is what I would have imagined. Because I think a lot of people might have been scared and been like, oh, I don't know. The 84 one was so bad, so weird. But if you hear nominations after nominations and you see the cast getting recognized for, like one thing we'll talk about, Javier Bardem wasn't nominated for Stilgard, but he's nominated for, you know, being in the, becoming the Ricardos. I think that's what it's called. So in a way you're like, oh, what else has he worked on? Oh, he worked on Dune. That's interesting. I'll go check it out because it's getting all these nominations. And he was also in that. Uh, I'm not going to be that hipster that was like, I liked Dune before it was a hit. Um, because I love Star Wars. And that that was also nominated in 77, you know, and we got the Empire Strikes Back as part two. So if Denis can make his Empire Strikes Back with Dune 2, it's going to blow everyone even more away. I'm super excited about the Oscars. I'm kind of scared about some of them, but... <laughs> <laughs> and Denis, I trust, and his creative team. It was definitely exciting. I mean, getting up, I mean, Oscar Murray, that's something, especially the last few years, I think, since I've been out of high school, which was almost seven years ago now, not to make anyone feel either old or young listening to this <laughs> podcast or on the podcast, maybe. Um, I have definitely taken, I've gotten more and more interested in film. I've become more knowledgeable about film. And of course, the Oscars and awards season kind of comes along with that. So I've, I've had a few years now where I've gotten up knowing like, okay, it's Oscar nomination morning. Let me tune in. Let me tune in before I go to class up at college and things like that. And, uh, and now, yeah, this was a big one because it's one I had been thinking about for literally years because I knew Dune. I'm like, can't wait for Oscar nomination morning when Dune comes out because I know it's going to be a big one. And I was so happy coming into this morning, just feeling comfortable and confident, like it's going to rack up this, going to rack up this, this, this. Um, and it got, you know, 10 of the 11 nominations that it deserved to get, thankfully. Um, and that was the, the, the big relief and very exciting. And in addition to this movie, a lot of other movies I like and love uh, and I'm excited about got recognition as well, whether that's The Power of the Dog, which got the most nominations, which is a great film, or uh, The Worst Person in the World, or Drive My Car, which I really love and recommend getting those surprises. Th those were great things as well. But all of that was kind of coattailed at the end by this just terrible, horrible 
snub that Denis Villeneuve got in the best director category. I mean, th this guy has been one of the most uh, personable, likable, vocal filmmakers of the last year or so because Dune has been such a, a hot topic. And, and of course, when the film comes out, he's at all these film festivals and he's uh, doing Q and A's with very you know popular directors like Sam Mendes or Christopher Nolan. Um, he has these interviews and, and uh, conversations with Guillermo del Toro and Chloe Chloe Jaw, um, and he got other support and uh, shout outs from people like Kenneth Branagh and, and Edgar Wright and other people who are in the awards discussion, whether it was this year or previously. Um, and so a lot of respect from his peers, especially in the in the director's uh, branch, and he had been like firmly top two, like the whole season basically, because he'd been nominated. He did not miss a single BAFTA has its own kind of strange voting situation that they do in some categories, including director, um, where it's unlikely for him just because they can only go and they want to spread the wealth among some other, other choices. It was unlikely that he was going to show up. Jane Campion, who's been number one, she has basically shown up everywhere. But he was nominated for Directors Guild uh, of America. He was directed or uh, nominated for Critics' Choice Award. He was nominated at the Golden Globes, um, and so he hit everywhere that he really was expected to and should have. And so coming to this morning, I was very confident. I was like, he's top two. Like I'm not worried even slightly. If, if anything, I'm worried about something like adapted screenplay, maybe, um, or I, I don't even know. Like th there was really not a single category I felt unsure about. Um, so when I got to this second to last category and they're going alphabetical order. And so when, uh, you know, the top two are out of the way and it's past <laughs> where Villeneuve's name should be and they wrap up and all five slots are filled and he is nowhere to be found. I mean, it's, it's just inexplicable. And this has happened. We talked about this before the show, I think, where a handful of times ever in the history of the Oscars. And the really, I think the most high profile, maybe most recent example of this would have been Steven Spielberg and the color purple. Um, and I think that was in the eighties or late eighties or nineties. Um, and that got like 11 nominations, but no Spielberg. And it's just like, what, what do, what does this guy have to prove or what does he have to do? And it's so strange because he was nominated for arrival um, by the Academy. And that was, of course, it's like a more quaint film. It's more of a low key, more of a dramatic science fiction film. But the, the director's branch in the Oscars, the Academy, they love big, technically impressive films. They love, you know, whether even if it's a lot of effects, even if there's, if it's more high profile, you know, we've talked about, Simon mentioned Star Wars. Uh, we've talked about Lord of the Rings. The only thing I can think of, I've seen some different speculation about this. Um, the only couple options I can think of is either everyone voting felt so comfortable or confident that he would get in that they decided to like throw a bone elsewhere with their voting to like Arai Suki Hamaguchi, who was kind of maybe on the fringe as the, uh, uh, the director of Drive My Car, maybe Paul Thomas Anderson or Steven Spielberg, who were in films that were not as high profile. They maybe flopped at the box office or were considered more middling. Um, and then so he just kind of got swept out because people were making these other choices. Or maybe there's the a somehow greater feeling or, or uh, you know, majority feeling that, you know, it's Dune part one and there's still, you know, a part two, half of the story to tell. Um, you know, Peter Jackson didn't win for 
Fellowship of the Ring, as incredible as that film was, he was nominated for Fellowship of the Ring, um, but did not win. And it, you, that movie got 13 nominations. Um, the Two Towers got far fewer nominations than that. And he was not even nominated for director. And maybe that was a feeling that even that Battle of Helm's Deep, how could you direct the Battle of Helm's Deep and not get nominated for best director? Um, but maybe there was a sentiment that, hey, we already nominated him for part one. This is only the middle of the story. We got to see what happens with you know the third and final chapter with Lord of the Rings to see if, and of course, that was nominated all 11 categories, won all 11 categories, biggest sweep ever, Peter Jackson won. Um, so maybe we're, we're trending towards that. That's kind of like, I would say maybe the optimistic version of this story. Um, maybe, and, and frankly, the narrative and the pushback has been so vocal, not just from fans, but from, you know, awards pundits, from film journalists, film writers, people in the industry. Josh Brolin did this hilarious video post on Instagram yesterday where he was just saying, Hey, I just want to say congratulations to legendary Warner Brothers, everybody who got nominated uh, for Doom. Editing, cinematography, score, music, writing, pretty much everything. And the unbelievable, almost numbing, flummoxing, I feel, for Denis Villeneuve not being nominated for Best Director. It's just one of those things that you just go, huh? What? I don't know how you get 10 nominations and then the guy who's done the impossible with that book doesn't get nominated. My fingers are crossed that this is going to be such a big talking point that when Dune Part 2, if and when it is a great success and amazing and everything everyone wants it to be, that they will have no choice but to not just nominate Villeneuve, but to just give him the Oscar because he actually did the impossible. He told the entire book, told the entire story, um, and got got snubbed on the first go around. So that's kind of what my overall and entire thoughts are on it, both positive and negative, top to bottom. If anyone else wants to chime in, go ahead. But uh, I tried to minimize the rant as much as possible. I got a theory. I think no one at the Academy can pronounce Denis Villeneuve. That's why he wasn't nominated, and that's why. Is that what it is? No, but Johnny does bring up interesting points, and I did think a lot about the Peter Jackson thing, like, hey, we're going to nominate you for the first part. Second, eh, okay, third, we're just going to give you everything. So does that mean Messiah pretty much has won everything already in the future? <laughs> you know, did Paul's vision come true of cleaning out everything? Um, but it's just so weird. It's very interesting. And, you know, like I've been a movie fan all my life. And my first Oscars that I really remember were like the 87 ones. Like those are vivid. And like I said, I've been watching them since then. But I always find it very interesting when a director or a movie is nominated for best picture or best director, but not the other half. It's like, though <laughs> so the director did an amazing job but you're not going to nominate his movie or the movie is amazing, but yet you're not going to nominate the director. Like, I feel like those should be connected somehow. Like the performances, I get it. Look, Chalamet was amazing as Paul, you know, but is he the best actor around for this year? Probably not. Like Belfast actually scares me. I think Belfast has a chance of winning it more than Dune. 
I haven't seen Belfast. I watched the trailer. I was like, this looks really depressing. I am not mentally ready for this right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if they give it up, give it to something like Don't Look Up. Since it's, I heard that's like kind of a light, hard comedy. I heard it's really good. And maybe it's the whole thing. Hey, we're going through this COVID thing. There's this fun little movie, Don't Look Up. But it's a lot of interesting mind space where the Academy is. But where's Denis? Come on. You know, you guys, I, I remember uh, when Spielberg was snubbed uh, for, the, for The Color Purple uh, in 1985. And there was a lot of talk about that back then. <clears throat> I was a young teenager at the time, but I was, I was following all of this in the news because Spielberg was the biggest blockbuster director in, in Hollywood at that time. Um, he had, I mean, he was just kind of like the golden boy. And then he does this film that's extremely emotionally riveting and powerful and, and tackles subject matter that is, requires incredible skill and, and delicacy. And, and the fact that he was snubbed, everyone was just dumbfounded. And, and I remember this and Spielberg, in fact, if I remember correctly, and it's been a long time, but it's almost like Spielberg didn't even respond to it. You know, he didn't even <laughs> say anything about it. But you know, a, a, a decade later, or, or not quite a decade later, right? You know, he Schindler's List, he he, he wins, and 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 I don't know if maybe at the time, and I realize the whole the whole Academy voting group is all different now than they were back in 1985. At least primarily, a lot of those people would have passed on. But I I sometimes wonder. Your point's really good, uh, Johnny, about uh, Peter Jackson and Lord of the Rings. I wonder if there's something about this film, Dune is, is such a sophisticated blockbuster sci-fi film that it's kind of a category that the Academy doesn't quite know how to respond. Because you mentioned uh, uh, earlier, Johnny, that Arrival is a, is a smaller, more uh, personal film. Uh, Dune is this epic, you know, spans the universe sort of an experience. And I wonder if, if these voting members are just not quite sure what to do with this, even though they, they probably have a lot of respect. Well, they obviously do because of all the, the craft uh, nominations that, that we see there. But I wonder if there's mm. sort of some, something different about this film and, and then partner that with the part two. Mm. You know, Maybe this was so impressive. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go optimistic for a second <laughs> that the Academy voters are like, yeah, Let's see what part two is because we might have a Lord of the Rings on our hands here, and mm -hmm. we would want to maybe not, you know, recognize uh, Denis yet, but mm -hmm. recognize him at the completion of this creative vision. So I don't know. You can look back and see some precedents with Spielberg and and Peter Jackson, but mm -hmm. it is a different voting, primarily I would say, a different voting uh, uh, audience for the Oscars. Yeah, I think there is something there, though. I think what you're saying about, I think maybe there is some like almost trepidation about this being a part one. And you're in a lot of people in, in Dune in particular, it is a complex and on its surface, maybe or at face value, you, especially for just half the story, you're like, hmm, <laughs> what are you getting at here? Where are you going with this? Now, if, if he executes part two as perfectly as I imagine he's going to and where every all the hints are leading to all the clues that are in part one indicate 
I think it's going to be viewed as such an impressive and complex and nuanced accomplishment of a storytelling feat and a technical feat that, yeah, they're going to be like, wow, I, I can't believe you actually pulled that off. Um, but yeah, there is. And even when the, it was coming out at Venice and these film festivals, there was a contingent, um, maybe a, a, you know, a minority, of course, maybe a vocal minority, but they were like, it's part one. Where's part two? <laughs> Where's the rest of the story? Um, I will, a lot of people were literally saying, I can't even judge this until I see the second part. I, I like it. I think I'm going to like it a lot more when I see part two. But for now, it's just kind of a wait and see situation. And there's another parallel that I saw people making as well. Villeneuve has kind of, he's gone from this more almost art house independent background, especially as a, as a French Canadian and then coming to Hollywood, small budgets, more very dramatic, personal. And then he's gone into this blockbuster kind of mode. And I feel like there is kind of a, almost like a negative feeling associated with that with some filmmakers or some, some backgrounds where they say, hmm, I don't know if we're re ready to just kind of embrace you doing that. Like, I don't know, I, I don't know if we can necessarily uh, see that. I mean, there's an example, the one I was, I was alluding to is Christopher Nolan. A lot of comparisons have been made between Nolan and Villeneuve so far. And no Nolan also started out with some smaller, more personal films, Memento um, uh, and Insomnia. And then of course he got into Batman and then it kind of took off from there. But Inception got eight, Academy Award nominations, including Best Picture and no Best Director. And how do you watch those movies in, in 2010 and think that Inception isn't one of the best five directed movies? I mean, it's just this amazing original concept and all the intricate editing and the different set pieces. And so, but at the time, maybe he had just come off the Dark Knight. He'd gotten snubbed for that. Dark Knight had gotten snubbed for that as well. I think maybe they were still thinking he's just blockbuster, he's doing this, that, and the other thing. And it wasn't until Dunkirk, which is seen as a more serious, you know, dramatic prestige picture um, that he finally got his first directing nomination. He didn't win, of course, but um, that was just a one-off film and not, you know, not two parts or anything. So I think there, that's another more recent comparison that people are saying like, hmm, they, they want something a little bit more. They're looking to see something a little extra or additional. And I think that could be playing part in part of it as well so it is very strange I mean there's no denying it I think it's one of the worst snubs I can ever remember um, I was just saying I tweeted I thought it was funny last night I was like Amy Adams getting snubbed for Arrival that was like the big like when you thought of Villeneuve films and Oscars snub wise that was like unbelievable how could she not get nominated she's like the heart of that film and he got nominated for directing he, he got nominated for best picture but you don't nominate the star who gives such a great performance and carries the entire movie um so i think hopefully we look back at this and laugh and we're just like ah they they were waiting it, that's what ended up happening he ended up getting the last laugh or something but we'll have to wait and see i mean it's really hard to say um but ultimately i am happy on the bright side he got two nominations he 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 tripled his previous oscar total which was one now he has three you know, um, it's funny that you call him the little independent filmmaker because Denis was the little independent filmmaker and someone that also was kind of the indie darling and then made Magnolia is Paul Thomas Anderson. Like we talked mm -hmm. about him last episode when I was in film school and watching Boogie Nights, but Paul Thomas Anderson was that little indie kid, maybe because I knew who he was and such a big deal where I lived in Los Angeles, a lot of his movies took place but he was kind of that little indie kid and made 
Magnolia. And then people were like, whoa, let's look at this guy's projects and let's look at him. You know, someone else, I'm trying to see if he's ever won a, an Oscar for anything, it's Wes Anderson. Mm. You know, An Wes Anderson, people love him. Like Rushmore is one of my favorite movies. I recently watched The French Dispatch, loved it. But those are kind of the little indie darlings. And I feel like you said, Denis was an indie darling for a long time. Kind of people that were into films were like, oh, I know who that is. Then Arrival came along and obviously, you know, Dune now. But it's very much like, let's keep our eye on these potential superstars. It's very much, these are rookies that weren't signed to big contracts or high draft picks in sports <laughs> terms, but then they show up out of nowhere and make these amazing projects and you're just like, whoa, okay, I need to keep my eye on them. And that maybe that's what the Academy is doing. You know, maybe they're like, okay, Denis, you did this, but can you do something also big that way? And going to the point about, you know, multi-part movies, I can understand why it's a, a factor, but, you know, I, I don't think it should be to, to this extent. I mean, of course, you know, a lot of movies, they tell a full story in, in that a lot of time, but there are so much memorable, like, movie series, like, over the, the, the decades that are multi-part movies. And, you know, I, I don't think it's fair to go and say, oh, this is only part one of the trilogy, or it's like the, it's split into two movies. I think you need to look at you know, what was the, the experience of, uh, you know, enjoying that, that movie in the, uh, in the cinema. So like, I can understand some people looking at it that way, but you know, like, let's just be frank. If, if they had filmed Dune as one movie, it would be a disaster. So, I think, <laughs> uh, so I think at the end, end of the day, I think they should look at the achievements of what, what was brought in this, in this first movie and, you know, expect even greater things from the, from the second movie. But th thinking about like, Putting that, that aside, um, what, what would you say are the perspectives now of like actually wins at the, at the Oscars? So we now have these, these 10 nominations. Like, what would you say are like the sure, uh, sure things? And what would you say are the, the, the more um, yeah, iffy uh, nominations? Yeah, so uh, great question. Um, I will say I was very bullish on what it could win going into yesterday morning for sure. Um, now I would say I'm probably less so just because of course he didn't get director, which isn't like the end all be all, but the power of the dog, the way that movie got showered with love, I'm thinking that's going to win a couple competitive categories that maybe Dune also has a shot in. Um, but I think easily everyone would agree Dune's winning two Oscars at minimum, right? Sound and visual effects. Like that's not even a question. So you're at least getting two wins. Um, and then when you get sound, you typically get film editing, just because a lot of people associate big noise, a lot of those no the sound effects, in addition with action, intercut, um, you know, and editing and sound, those go hand in hand. I mean, the sound that the sound editors work with, and the sound mixers work with Joe Walker, you know, the editor on Dune to design the sound. And he, he had honestly, quite frankly, had a big part in helping Hans Zimmer and devising the way they were using the music in the movie too, which is the music is very much blended in with the sound effects in this movie as well. So there's a lot of overlap there. So film editing feels also quite um, in hand as well. Um, those two really, I mean, Sound of Metal last year was going up against these other big best picture contenders like Mank, David Fincher's Mank, 
And that movie, this small movie won because it played with sound so much and it won sound. So I think, uh, I think it's going to win film editing. I feel pretty confident about that. Joe Walker is very liked and he's very accomplished, but he's never won the Oscar. Um, so I think that would be a big one. And then Hans Zimmer, again, Johnny Greenwood, Power of the Dog, probably a very strong number, like, you know, number two contender there. Um, but I, I think Hans Zimmer, I think there's been so much hype around him. I think that there has been so much attention paid to Dune's score. It would be, it would be an upset for sure if Hans Zimmer doesn't win this thing. Um, so I think that, and he hasn't won in like 25, 26 years. So I think he's kind of overdue for his, his second Oscar. Um, so I think that's four that it should win. I feel pretty confident about that. And then, and then some of these closer categories, maybe production design. I don't think there's anyone comparable for production design this year, to be honest with you. But Nightmare Alley got into Best Picture. And one of its only other nominations is production design. And a lot of people love Guillermo del Toro. They love the worlds that he builds. I think that might be a sleeper contender there. But I think Dune can win and should win production design as well. So maybe it gets five. And then from there, you get more competitive ones. So costume design, Cruella, a lot of people are saying is going to win that. But Dune, I think, is a strong number two contender there as well. Uh, makeup and hairstyling, I think that could really go any, any direction. Uh, House of Gucci, the impressive prosthetics they did with Jared Leto is on there, but they did very impressive prosthetics and the uh, suit with uh, Stellan Skarsgård. So I think that's right there with it as well. Um, and so, you know, Greg Frazier, cinematography, He's gotten a ton of attention. This is his second Oscar nomination and he's looking like he might even get his third next year for the Batman. Um, so he, and the Batman's coming out in the next few weeks. So he's going to get even more attention for that. And they could win cinematography. Now they're also going up against the power of the dog, which has a really strong narrative there as well. That's a beautiful movie. And it's only the second woman ever nominated for cinematography with Ari Wegner. So she has a very strong uh, claim to that award. Uh, Macbeth looks amazing, the black and white uh, cinematography on that. So that's a more competitive one. So on its best day, I could see it winning like seven or something, but because it didn't get director and the power of the dog overperformed so much, I would be more confident in saying that it'll, it'll, it can win four or five, maybe six, um, depending on some of the more pliable categories. But I think visual effects, sound, and then less locked, but pretty locked in film editing and uh, original score for Hans Zimmer. I mean, Hans Zimmer created new instruments. <laughs> that right there should win an award just by itself. Like he recreated sound. Uh, one movie that I haven't seen yet and I really do want to see it because Andrew Garfield is nominated for best actor and also being the editing nerd that I am is Tick Tick Boom because I feel like that probably has a bunch of quick shots, you know, going back and forth. And I think a lot of people in the industry might look at Dune as kind of steady editing, which, hey, I am all team Joe Walker all the way. But I think Tick, Tick, Boom has a possibility. Uh, also, Coming to America 2 was nominated for Makeup and Hair. Mm. I, I just saw that on the site right now. <laughs> but like you were saying, House of Gucci, which I still haven't seen, but the Jared Leto then just right there is very much like the Baron. Like, wow, you totally changed the outlook of someone. You know, costume design, I'm, I love Dune, but I think Corolla might win it because they're creating something that's more fashion-like. And the Academy loves 
that look, that mm. kind of retro look and not being like, cool, Dune's a sci-fi movie. That's cool. But look, they <laughs> recreated those costumes. Cinematography by far, Greg Frazier is a genius. Mm. Um, I'm not going to go down all the list, but I do think with Johnny, I'm picking at least, I'm going to go seven or eight. It should be 11, but you know, <laughs> I'm not biased. You know, I, I don't have as strong of opinions uh, as you guys have on, on how many of these, these categories is going to win. But I have a question. Is If if uh, Denis had been uh, nominated for Best Director, does that sort of give this film sort of a, a sweep-like status where sometimes they start voting? I, I just vividly remember Titanic in 1998, and I remember... Uh, just every single category Titanic would win over and over and over. And, and Madonna was, was, you know, opening the results one time and she made just this really snarky remark. Well, like, of course it's Titanic because it's <laughs> everything, right? I mean, she was irritated. And, and I don't know, does, does giving a, a film nominations that also include Best Picture and Best Director give it kind of this extra superpower? Um, yeah, I mean, just generally speaking, if you're going to do a big sweep like that, I mean, even look at something like Parasite, like from a few years ago, it didn't win 10 or 11 Oscars, but it was nominated for like, I think six or seven, but it, the big ones it was nominated for, it got into screenplay, it got into director, got into picture, international feature, of course, as well. And it, but it won all of those. It won screenplay and people were like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. And then they won director and people were like, Oh my God, I cannot believe that just one director. And then it won best picture. And it was like, okay, that there was really no other outcome. Um, to, if, to be honest, I think, and I'm not, you know, I, I was not around for Titanic really to witness that or, you know, even return of the King, which was, a, you know, six something years later after. Um, so I'm not those type of sweeps. <clears throat> I don't think we're really ever going to see that again, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, it's just not, I think maybe the, the, the way that the voting body is expanding and the way that um, filmmaking has changed and the way they even vote on movies. I think there's just a lot of different factors where, I mean, it would, it would take something like just truly miraculously unbelievable to come out. Um, like something you've literally never seen before ever and just everyone agrees like this is I can't believe that this is exists um, I think still making taste I mean Titanic would like I feel like that would that would never get made today I mean let's be real <laughs> it's like it's this three hour epic over three hour epic love story intertwined with like faux documentary like style filmmaking like bookends it's just it's such a weird movie to be honest but like it's an amazing movie and it's an amazing accomplishment um but i feel like there's no chance they would green light that today uh, let alone give it all the oscars and then lord of the rings does anyone really think lord of the rings would get made today i mean there's absolutely no chance especially the way it was made where peter jackson this guy who's never made a movie that costs more than like $2 million gets, they basically give him the full treasure chest and tell, and send him to New Zealand for two years and say, go make these movies. 
it's like there's just no way um and you i mean you can even see it look at what happened with the hobbit i mean it's just that that a difference of even 10 years shows how much the industry has changed so I don't really ever see it happening again, but there are, I mean, think of a movie is great enough. I think of a movie is loved enough. Yeah, that, that is actually one of the things I was, I was thinking about is, uh, and one of the concerns I, I have, like even reading a lot of the, the critics reviews, like is people were reviewing the, the movie itself, uh, which is, which is great. You know, like the, the movie itself is, is great. Like it was, you know, one of the best uh, cinematic experiences I've, I've had like uh, in, in a theater. Uh, but and on the other hand, if you just look at the movie, you're, you're not getting the, the full picture. I think you also have to take into account that this is, you know, one of the most beloved science fiction stories uh, ever, like a best-selling uh, book, uh, you know, that came out in 1965, and it's like captivated the imaginations of multiple generations. And many people consider that this was unfilmable, and you know, and and that makes the like the Niva not appearing in the director category, even more puzzling uh, to me. But yeah, I think to to judge this movie, I think it's not enough just to look at the the movie. Like, and I I don't mean that in like a like an elitist way or negative, but there's just so much like history, so much richness that goes beyond, and and the fact that this is like part of like a long a long saga. Mm -hmm. So I I hope somehow that that there are like. Uh, like a good amount of people who are who are voting who recognize you know that historical importance and how monumental this uh, achievement is it's so tricky because like so we're all talking about how much we love dune right we're all sci-fi nerds here but someone might be a total little independent film fan like licorice pizza i'm bringing that up and that might be their cup of tea. They might know the whole entire history of Dune and what it is and how it was unfilmable and, you know, how there's been several versions that were in the work that got canceled and then the Lynch thing. And they might be like, that's cool. I don't like those movies whatsoever. I mean, I had an ex-girlfriend that I dated for years that hated Marvel movies. And she's like, they're stupid. They don't make sense. Um, and she worked in the industry. And she was someone that would be, you know, nominating stuff. She's like, I don't like them. I'm like, yeah, but they're the highest grossing movies right now. People do like them. And, you know, like, I love sci-fi. I love horror movies. I don't see any horror movies being nominated every year, you know, but it's, it's also your taste. And I would hope, and keyword is hope highlighted, you know, bold <laughs> is people would go, okay, it took this journey of this amazing director that we did not nominate to bring this picture to the mo to the screen, you know, mm -hmm. and also being like people appreciate it, but it's all about taste, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like Pepsi or Coke. It's <laughs> gonna be that thin. Like, is is Dune so appealing for so many people that will be like, oh, I like sci-fi. Sure, I'll give it that sci-fi look, like The Power of the Dog. I honestly thought until yesterday, I thought that movie was about dogs. Okay? <laughs> I was like, what is this Hallmark movie getting nominated? Then I look, I'm like, oh, it's a Western. And I'm not a big <laughs> Western guy. So I'm like, okay, I'll watch it because being the film guy, I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. I'm curious to know why it was nominated. Mm. But I don't care about Westerns. So yeah. if it's a Western that blows my mind and being like, okay, you know what? Power of the dogs. Cool. It's not about pugs. That's why it was, but it's not. <laughs> but it's okay, all so, about people's taste. That's the thing also. Yeah, that's, those are really good points. So two, last two things I'll say about this and that kind of follow up with what you're saying. 
I think there is a decent amount, at least in some regard, um, of knowledge and respect for the source material and the history and how it's gotten to this point. And the key uh, sign of that for me is how much it's gotten recognition for the screenplay. Because listen to the stories that John Spates and Eric Roth tell you. And I, even Hans Zimmer, you know, when Denis approached him, he was like, hey, have you, have you heard of Dune? And Hans Zimmer's like, that's my favorite book ever. Are you kidding me? Like, of course, I've dreamt of making a Dune score. When he approached Eric Roth, Eric Roth was like, oh, that's like, it was like a fundamental book for me. Like, I loved reading that. And like, I, you know, I really loved it. And, and John Spates, when they approached him, he was like, I read that book every summer um, when I was growing up. And so I think, especially this older generation or just guys, I say older, guys that maybe are our ages, you know, the people working in the industry that are writing that are at that higher level, like a John Spates or an Eric Roth. I mean, those guys are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. That's young, Johnny. That's really young. Those guys, <laughs> those guys are, they grew up with this book. They grew up with the Lynch film. They know what a bad version of Dune or a troubled version of Dune can look like on the big screen. And they know how great the book is and how you know, Ridley Scott was attached to it and, and Jodorowsky was attached to it and David Lean was mentioned and, and James Cameron was mentioned. So they respect and they appreciate how you could translate that novel to the screenplay and they appreciate that this is being made in such a grand way, in such an impressive way, finally, after all these years. And I think part two of that, the last point I'll make in kind of what Simon was saying is acquiring the taste or being maybe unfamiliar with it. And I think that's where part two is going to come into play and be a greater, maybe even get more nominations. Maybe, you know, Denis included in that as well. Um, because, and I've said this with regards to just the box office and general audiences in particular, but the more exposure you get to this movie, to this universe, the more you'll come around on it or the more that it will seem palatable to you. Um, the more time that passes, the more people get engaged with it and vote and they watch the movie or they talk about it. Um, so I think coming in with part one, maybe people that aren't familiar with Dune are like, mm, I'm not going to, I don't really care for it, not going to watch it. But then, you know, maybe they say that a few months ago. Now it's had all this acclaim, it's made all this money, it's gotten all these nominations. Maybe now going into Oscar voting, they're like, okay, I'll give it a chance. I'll see what it's about. I'll see why people are, are appreciating it so much. And that just carries around for another two years into part two. Like, okay, I'll finally watch part one. I'll, get, I'll go see part two. I'm sure Warner Brothers is going to promote the hell out of this movie um, when it does finally come out. It'll probably hit the festival circuit again. It has a very similar release date. Um, so it's primed to make another great awards run. So I think, again, that, that, is, that is part of it, taste and, and being you know sensitive to certain genres and things like that. But I think the more something grows in people's minds and the more that they see other people recognize it or talking about it, that's something that'll carry over. And I think we'll see more appreciation and more recognition going into part two when it finally does come out. Dune is now going to be, like I said in the beginning of the show, it's going to be a household name by the end of this Oscar season. Cool. I think we covered most of it. Like any final thoughts, anybody? Vote Dune. <laughs> <laughs> let the, let the Can we write in flow. like Denis? Like, you know, when you vote, you could there's like get a ride <laughs> uh, i don't think, I don't so think they have that case. option probably but 
I'm excited. It's good stuff. I mean, overall, we've been kind of griping, complaining, all this historical anecdotes and things like that. But I'm, I'm very happy with it. I mean, it was a great day yesterday to see that and to get the recognition. Again, awards are as big as you make them. At the end of the day, you can say they don't matter at all. You could say that they're end, the end all be all of everything. Um, I don't feel either way about that. I think they do matter in some respect. And I don't, but I also don't think that they're the most important thing by any means. Um, I just like personally, when I get to see artists that I admire and respect, get recognition for great work that I love. And so that's really the main thing for me. And I would love to see Joe Walker's never won an Oscar. I would love to see him win an Oscar. Hans Zimmer hasn't won one in like almost three decades. I'd love to see him win a second Oscar. Um, and that includes really everyone involved, Donald Mowat, Greg Frazier, Denis himself. So um, all down the line, I'm all for it. And uh, I'm excited to see how these, all these different awards, all the different guilds, all the different voting bodies shake out between now and when the Oscars happen towards the end of March. Yeah, so of course we're gonna have the voting in mid-March and then we can look forward to the Oscars uh, ceremony itself on March uh, 27th. And that will be at a more, I guess, uh, friendly time in the, in the evening, uh, at least for, for us in the, in the States. <laughs> uh, so you can look forward to watching that live and we'll be covering it on Dune Newsnet. So let's go ahead and sign off. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Let's not forget that Goodfellas also lost uh, Best Picture in 1990 to Dances with Wolves. And we know what is a better movie, what is considered <laughs> a classic. It is Martin Scorsese's epic biopic of Goodfellas. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as Dowdy. What a closing statement. Um, I love it. Uh, yeah, Johnny Sobchak here. Great to be back. We had a little bit of a layoff, but now that all this awards news is finally accumulated, it was good to chat it up and uh, talk about it. And of course, we're Dune fans. We're fanatics, you might say. Um, so we're just going to be going crazy and loving it and talking about all the good stuff. So hang with us. Um, I'm Johnny Sobchak on Twitter as well. Um, and I'm looking forward to the next episode. Yeah, I really enjoyed us being able to, to express our fanatical opinions about this. <laughs> Thanks to, to Marcus for, for giving us alternate uh, perspectives. But no, I, I, I really enjoy uh, us giving our opinions about this. And uh, it, is, it is exciting. And it's, and it's a recognition that is, that is really uh, admirable. And I'm, and I'm grateful for it because it's a film that I love and I want others to love it too. So you can find me on Twitter. This is Garen. You can find me on Twitter at Dune Companion. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to uh, talking to you all again in, in a week or so. We hope you've enjoyed Dune Talk. Remember to like, subscribe, and turn on notifications so you know when the next episode drops. Stay tuned to dunenewsnet.com and add us to your social feeds. Be the first to hear breaking news and reviews.